This is Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Dan, I, um, it might be hard for you to do, but I need a quick answer to this question. Try. Just try. Um, Caleb Williams, what do they say about him? What do you think about him really quickly? He's more talented than Justin Kamada College. Um, he's a combination, just talent skill-wise, of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar. He's an unbelievable physical talent on the field. All right, uh, that was uh, ESPN. What was that from, uh, Maller? That was actually this morning, Dan Orlovsky. That was this first morning. Take. There's yeah, Patrick a- Mahomes is a mix between Joe Montana, John Elway, Dan Marino. There's, there's also, like, I, I am... I've watched some Caleb Williams. I don't know a ton about him. I'm not like because I have said that I I haven't loved the totality of the production on Justin Fields. A lot of people have grouped me into this. I'm a Caleb Williams lover. I have not watched a ton of Caleb Williams other than what's on television. I've not studied him like a scout. Or like I do know that there is. There's some character questions. There are some size questions. There are some there. red flags. There are, there are some red flags there that you definitely have to scout. You have to drill down on it. It's not a fait accompli that this is who you would draft or if you do that at all. Like, I'm still open and I want to see, I want to see Justin do it two in a row now against Green Bay. So. Um, that was Orlovsky uh, this morning. Yeah, on and I don't even think take. there's a lot to take away from him saying that. I think we all know he's more talented than Fields was when he came out. That doesn't mean he's going to get to where Fields is now or be a winning quarterback. Like, that's okay. He's more talented than Fields was when he came out. All right. I get it. Big deal. You know what I mean? Like, it well, doesn't right, really like, give me like, much. Right. It when, doesn't when, really give me much. Like, when people say, where does somebody rank compared to where someone else ranked three years in, ago? Right. Or, like, at the combine, or, yeah. it, like, where did Tom Brady rank at his draft right, status? Right, right. Like, it did, w- w- you want to know what he's going to do as a As pro. a quarterback. Right. And I know that this guy's growing and getting better, and if there's a monster team around him, I think he's capable. But that's my opinion. Like, like I, I, and I know this is what everybody wants. It's it, it's not break breaking news or earth-shattering, an earth-shattering statement. I just want them to get it right for the first time in my life. Yeah, for sure. I And I've said that before. I don't give a crap who gets it wrong anymore. I don't care that... Carolina got it wrong. Uh, so whether they pick Justin or or what, if they pick Caleb Williams or Drake May or Penix or uh, another year of Justin and let someone develop behind him, whatever they choose, I get it right. And I just want for the first time in my life to get the way the analogy that I've used to go on that rocket ship ride yeah, with a star quarterback. If his name and the back of the uniform says Fields, great. Yeah. If it says Williams, awesome. Very- if it says May, great. Right. I don't care whose name it says, as long as the front of the uniform, it says Bears. Well, until we know who that name is, we're going to debate it. And I, I, I think it'd be pretty Bear-like and very Chicago-like if they f- actually found him meaning Fields, and they move on from him. 
Like, now nah, we finally find, and then they move on, and he's good well, somewhere that, else. That's my That'd nightmare. Be very bear like. Well, and that's that's my nightmare, dude. Like, I, I. But there only was, if Caleb is is a bust. If Caleb's just as good as Fields, if not better, you're not worried about Fields moving on because you get Caleb on the rookie contract. So as long as the the, the guy they replace is good, you're okay with Fields moving on and having success. Someone brought up, and this is a very old comp. Someone brought up in, in one of my mentions, and I got Lord knows I got to stop reading my mentions. <laughs> but this was like this is a fair thing. Like Lou Brock was not a a star star when he was on the Cubs, mm-hmm. but he had every skill. He had every skill um, and every uh, like sort of tangible that you would want as a baseball player. And then the Cubs traded him for Ernie Brolio. To St. Louis. And it was a miserable trade that if you grew up a Cub fan, you knew Brock, Brock for Brolio. For sure. And you said, wait. I said to my mom, Lou Brock was on the Cubs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was on the Cubs. And then you watched him and you said, why? Why didn't they keep him? <laughs> like, you don't want to to watch Fields go with another team. I, you no, know, I don't want that to happen. And I'm just saying, I, it'd be it, very Chicago-like that we run him out of town and then he's good. We have one. He's good. He's got unique skill set. Let's build around him. Uh, Will in Peoria, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Will? Hey, guys. Real quick, just a couple thoughts, and I want to know your opinion on this. Um, I feel, this is what I feel as a Bears fan. I feel that, you know, even though we're, we're kind of up in the air about fields, we don't know. The beginning of the season, we were like, oh, man. And now we're like, you know, he does show flashes of greatness. You know, so what I feel, this is my personal opinion. The only way to get rid of fields is if we were to get a first-round pick from somebody. If they're not going to give us that, I think we hang on to them. This is my question to you guys. Don't you feel that the Bears should use this number one pick to draft a wide receiver. And here's why. We see how good he's been this year with DJ Moore. If you give him another weapon to throw to, don't you think we could get an offensive lineman or someone through the trade or somewhere in the offseason to bring in and then maybe use our other pick for someone else? But to stay with him, because really, guys, in your opinion, so two questions. One, should we draft a wide receiver? And the second one is, do you guys honestly feel that anybody coming out of this draft in the wide, or, or for quarterbacks, I mean, not wide receiver, for quarterbacks, is significantly better than Justin Fields was three years ago when he was available? Let me know what you think. Well, Orlovsky just told you that, that, yes, these like Caleb Williams is being scouted as a better prospect than Justin Fields was. Yes. So that that answers that question. What does that mean? That's what we exactly right. what we were just talking about. But I, and I do endorse the wide receiver thing. I don't know if it, uh, the caller was like from his cubicle calling us. He sounded very. He's a, he's a soft talker. Yeah, soft talker. I'm with you. I say keep Fields. And this is what I said at the beginning. Show more made Fields look even better yesterday. Now put Harrison. Now you don't have to be perfect. You can throw some balls up for grabs. He's not the only wide receiver though in the draft. This I is a very take qu- any of the Washington it, it, guys. It, it's, I'm a, in. it's a very Rich wide receiver. Okay. It's another one of these Fine. wide receiver. If you drafts. trade down to five or six or seven, and Harrison's Harrison's gone. Take a different one. I'm right. okay with like, that. Like again, like there are so many different scenarios scenarios yeah. that they could do with this number one pick, where they could just like Greg Gabriel tweeted, who used to work for the Bears. This could be the gift that keeps on giving year after year. If you if you trade, like say you you could get more for this number one pick to trip, move down a few slots. Than you did a year ago with Carolina. 
just because of because these quarterbacks. Of, yeah, for sure. For and sure. all the quarterback needy teams, if you choose to keep Fields. I just, you know, I don't want to buy too much into all the locker room hype, but add that into the mix. You have this team that's growing. Everyone's on the same page. There's no, no one. The structure hasn't fallen apart through some of those losses. I say keep going. Matt Eberflus in a couple of minutes from right now. John in Chicago, Reg, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, John? Hey, guys. I just wanted to say, so with the Bears' track record in the past with drafting quarterbacks, obviously Fields is playing pretty good lately. But, you know, Nine weeks ago, it's a different story. What would make any of these guys in the draft? Maybe they say, "I don't." They pull an Eli Manning and say, "I don't want to play for the Bears." You know, this isn't like the military draft where they're forced to. They can do whatever they want. And at the end of the day, I would not be shocked if Caleb did something like that. To be honest, I would not be completely shocked. So again, well, that makes your decision easier. Yeah, like, there's again, some red flags and, out there. And, and, and look, Ryan Poles a year ago. Uh, made the decision with Jalen Carter on that. Jalen Carter, by yeah. far, was the best talent at number one. And then not only did they not take him at number one, they didn't take him at nine. Right. So they've they, they've told you before that it's got to be a fit for them. And and it was an unpopular decision then, but yet they chose to take Darnell Wright. You've heard what they've said. They want guys who fit in the locker room and who practice hard too, because that means a lot to them on what happens on game day. So it's all going to matter. I think Eberflus is going to join us uh, here shortly. Is he ready, Meller, or... So I don't want to go to another call. But, like, this is going to be... Between, between well, next Monday, I guess, after the season and the day of the draft, man, it's going to be one permutation after another. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. Um, Matt Eberflus joins us right now on uh, ESPN 1000. Jesse Rogers is in for Waddle today. Coach, Happy New Year. Congratulations on the win. Uh, happy New Year to you guys, uh, and thank you. Uh, Eberflus uh, joining us on the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline right now. Uh, so do you believe the way Justin Fields played that it was the best overall game that he played in your two years here? Yeah, I would, I would just uh, really agree with that. He did play well, and uh, there, there's been some consistency there, and I think he's getting better. You know, he obviously uh, you know had some good passing yards. He obviously converted on some really uh, cool third downs, you know, with his legs and with his arm, and, uh, you know, we got the team victory, and uh, we're certainly proud of that. Take us inside the game plan a little bit. The announcers mentioned putting DJ Moore in the slot was, was a, a strategic move, and then you targeted him as much as you did, and it really worked out. Uh, tell tell us how that all evolved. Yeah, you know, so you know, you know, Cole was a little banged up, so he was in there for a very limited time for us uh, for this particular game, and did mostly blocking for us. But you know, uh, you know, so with that being said, we wanted to feature uh, DJ a little bit more, and we did, and we moved him around. I think that's important to be able to move guys around, you know, in different spots and different locations, and that certainly worked out for us. And you know, and uh, Luke did a good job of, of uh, making those calls, and then. Uh, you know, obviously, we ex- executed at a high level, and some of those catches DJ made, man, were un- unbelievable. So, uh, really cool to see. In um, in the interview after, or in an interview in Courtney Cronin's article, Justin Fields mentioned that you gave him something that said two hundred on it, meaning two touchdowns, no sacks, no turnovers. Tell us what prompted you to do that. And um, and and how 
how that has developed. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, as coaches, you know, we're teachers, right? And you want something to stick. Uh, you know, a lot of times you do it with word images and you talk about things. And I think that's a cool way to be able to do that so he can picture it in his mind. Hey, you know, 200 is really just, you know, I want two touchdowns, you know, zero turnovers and zero sacks. And that's a perfect game. And, you know, he had two he did have two touchdowns. He had zero turnovers, and you know he ended up taking a sack. One of those was late, um, so he had a couple of those. But uh, overall, played pretty consistent uh, last week. Well, he wasn't the only one. The whole team played great. I mean, both sides of the ball, the running game, everything kind of clicked. When you look at the tape the next day, is it is it one of those that oh, there's not not so many uh, e ones here. There's not so many issues to deal with. Like, was it one of the better tapes to watch? Yeah, it's it's good when you win by that many points, you know, and you take the ball away, and, and you certainly finish the game the right way. But you know, you you know, you know how coaches are. We always look for corrections, and we're always looking to make ourselves better. And and that tape was no, you know, the same as the rest of them. You know, we just uh, have some corrections to do and get better. We're gonna, we're going to do that this week. And what what is one big one that you would like to see corrected? Yeah, I would just say like you know, um, you know, seizing the momentum at the, at the end of the half. You know, T.J. Edwards makes that beautiful interception, and then we got to seize that momentum there and really capitalize with at least getting a field goal or a touchdown during that uh, you know sudden change that we had. Matt Eberflus joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Jesse's in for Waddle. I heard you yesterday on uh, on the um, press conference talking about the Packer game being just another game. I want to bust your chops a little bit. <laughs> um, the Packers are so far against you are o in, or you guys are 0 and 3 against them. It's the only team in your division that you have not beaten yet and they have outscored you 93 to 49. Now come on coach, it's just us. Are they really is this just another game? Well, I would say that what's you know what I was meaning by that is we're focusing on ourselves and focusing on our our improvement and us playing together as a football team. And when we do that, uh, good things happen, as you saw uh, last Sunday and the Sunday prior to that. So you know that's what we're focused on. We understand it's a big rival. We we get that part of it, uh, but at the end of the day, we're going to focus on us and our execution. It's a big picture question. You meant we're talking Green Bay. Week one was against Green Bay, and things just did not look good. If you could, you know, put the 16, 17 weeks into focus, what are you most happy about? Because there has been improvement. What has stood out the most if you go all the way back to week one? Just the resiliency of the men uh, in the locker room and how they hung together, you know, through the 0-4 start. You know, and then we finally we finally got our victory there at, at Washington. And since that point, you know, the guys have really done a good job of, of working together, you know, being consistent. And, uh, you know, just really putting their best foot forward and having their eyes forward every single week. And, again, we lost a couple of tight ones in there uh, during that time. But uh, for the most part, the guys have been consistent. And you can feel the team coming together, uh, f- you know, from that time on. And it has been uh, fun to be a part of. Do you think you'll tweak anything in August knowing that you had a bad start this year? And we've seen this before where teams sometimes use September to sort of uh, as their preseason. Do you think you'll tweak something to have them more ready? Or was this just kind of the, the evolution of the season? Yeah, I'm going to play the starters every single snap in the preseason. Yes, <laughs> yes. There you go. But, uh, no, I'm going to we'll look it's at a little it. joke. You know, I like that. On the, yeah, it's always based on the health, you know, the team and, and where they are right now. So, we'll again, we'll work with the performance staff. 
um, the coaching staff, you know, and work through that as we go. But uh, you certainly wanted to get – it was our plan last year to get more reps during that. We just couldn't do it because of some injuries. But, uh, again, we'll evaluate that uh, during training. <laughs> okay. And I know, I know, look, you're focused on Green Bay. Um, but things have been going very, very well for you uh, and the team as of late. Have you been told – that you will definitely be back as the head coach in the 2024 season. Yeah, all, all those conversations we're going to have um, right after the season here. So you know we're obviously you know all locked in on Green Bay right now, game planning as we speak, and we'll have all those conversations you know with the players, uh, with the coaches. I will have with GM ownership, and uh, I welcome them to have those uh, conversations. And uh, it's how you grow and get better. But you've been very detailed with us about evaluating those players and what you're going to be a part of. It just seems like with the momentum and with some of the reports out there, and you've even been a little more at ease lately with us, like you haven't been told at all about your future with this team? Yeah, like I said, the, all those conversations will happen next week, and as they should. You know, that's at the end. That's when it's uh, it's, it's over. It's unfortunate, you know, that we you know couldn't uh, you know crack into the playoffs this year, but we got one game left. I want to go back to your defense. Twenty-two interceptions leads the league, and I know that's partly like preparation, meaning opportunity, and I'm sure you preach it, but every team preaches it. Why do you think? There's been so many uh, interceptions in particular this year. What What is it about this group that's been getting them? Yeah, you know, I think it's really, you know, our, our system has gotten a bunch of takeaways over the course of the years. If you look back at the history of it, and it's really about, you know, doing the same things over and over again and guys understanding exactly where they fit in the coverages, you know, in, in, the, in the complexity of the coverages that we have. And the guys just know where they're supposed to be, and they're really doing a great job of buying in and executing. You know, and those guys are really good athletes. You know, we, we, you know, we, we covet guys that have really good ball skills that are long, that have good length, um, and, they, and they do a really good job. And the coaches, you know, our coaches have done a really good job of putting those guys in position as well. Uh, Coach, what, another big picture question about um, uh, how things work at Hallis Hall. We have not heard a lot from Kevin Warren. Uh, what, what, is your interaction with Kevin Warren, the new team president, and what is your relationship like with him? Yeah, it's been outstanding. Um, you know, we have a mutual friend in Coach Dungey, so we had some camaraderie there right away um, to begin our relationship, and it's been outstanding. He's been so supportive, you know, and uh, really doing a great job here at Hallis Hall. His energy and his passion for the Bears is unbelievable. And uh, his, uh, it's certainly contagious, and you can feel that going through the staff and through the football staff and through everybody. And uh, he's very, he's very involved. He's around. He goes to chapel on Saturday nights uh, at the at the hotel, and we get a chance to see him there as well. But uh, he's been wonderful. And, and I know you like you keep deferring about next year um, uh, being a part of all the evaluation in the off season with one more game. And you said yesterday at the press conference that you'll, you'll look into calling defense in the offseason. But look, with as well as the defense has, has done, how can you not be the guy to call the defense next year? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, we'll look at, every, at everything, like I said, but uh, I certainly like to do, to do it. I have passion for it, and I enjoy doing it. But again, we'll look at it. It'll be one of the things that we talk about. And uh, we, we certainly like where it is right now, but we'll talk about that afterward. Uh, all right, a couple of fun questions for you. Uh, you got a lot of pub about the nickname game, going around all the nicknames that you gave the players. Tom Waddle, who's not here, 
uh, and I heard you gave a good nickname to Joniak as the maestro. So, so Waddle coming out of Boston College, undrafted guy, uh, would never drop a pass, a really good uh, hands guy. What would you give Waddle as a nickname? Sticky. I Sticky. like that. Sticky. That off the top of your head, Sticky that's hands, pretty man. good. Yeah. He had great hands. And uh, I saw also, I read this too in, in I think, Biggs' article. 505 wake up call for you. Why 05? Is that a superstition thing? Why not 5 o'clock? Yeah, you know, I, I don't even know the answer to that. It's just what I've done my entire life since I've started working when I was 22 at the University of Toledo as a coach. And uh, I was just going to turn 23. I was 22 in nine months when I got the job. And uh, I've always, that's my time I wake up to get to work. So it's 505. I like it. I like it. Coach, go get the Packers, all right? Finish uh, things on a high note. We appreciate your time. All right. All right, fellas. I appreciate it. Happy New Year. Happy you New Year too, to you, Matt. Too. Thank you. There you go. There's Matt Eber. I was going to ask him if he could suggest a play to Getsy send all five linemen to the referee to declare one of them eligible. <laughs> and so the defense really doesn't know. But hey, we didn't get we didn't have time for that. Yeah, but, he did, my, my one interview with him, he bust my chops though. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> he it's good. Chops. Like we're gonna play all the starters. <laughs> he he. And don't you guys think he has certainly been way more at ease? Yeah. Yeah. Look, they're when winning. Win. Winning cures yeah. all. You, but, you told him that on the air just moments ago, and Tyler though, even before you said that, Sylvie said to me, "Man, it's like night and day how different he is." Today versus six, seven weeks ago yeah. when he was joining you guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, like again, it was during some really, really challenging times. Like, who knows that his defensive coordinator is going to get fired because of what he got fired for. And we still don't know the exact reason. And then the running backs coach a few weeks later. And then what happens against Denver and, and like, they, they how many games in a row did they end up losing? 14? Like yeah, the, like the circumstances that they went through is not easy, um, but it, he de- like I I wouldn't be shocked, and I, he wouldn't tell us. But man, like with some of the other answers, he sure seems like he knows that he's going to be back. Well, it's like Ryan said though. A huge part of this is the the locker room did not crater. It did not crater, and we've seen it before. That uh, many times in losing situations, polls even said that often it does. It did not crater. He did keep it together. That's the only way to get out of it because it can snowball and get even worse. And then there's it's three and fourteen again, and you're done. It's over. Everyone's out. To that point, but too, it turns. Jess, it to pivoted. Point, to that point, too. Once they made the trade for Montez Sweat, you already played how Ryan Poles spoke effusively, Sylvie, about Matt Eberflus on that day when he was meeting the media. Mm-hmm. That, too, that linchpin move that he's made has allowed Iberflus's defense to flourish. And I think, you know, that's his calling card. And so now he knows he's feeling more comfortable. The Bears' defense looks like it's, it's the narrative of the city, right? It's you win, the, win with running and defense. But I think it's certainly easier for him to come on and talk to you guys and the, and the city knowing that he's doing exactly what he always hoped for, right? The defense is leading the way. And so that makes it easier for him to be more confident. The last time I talked to a Bears head coach, I asked him about preseason as well, or we asked him about preseason. I, Nagy, I think that's yeah. my thing. Preseason is my thing. Well, and, 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 and Nagy acknowledged that. Like, well, he did. That's like, why like, I asked like, it again. Like, what if Iberflus uh, had as like, well? Like, I think that, again, is an advantage. If you build your team ready to go, 
uh, with all the other teams who I don't think are ready. Like you've got to be ready. If to you're play. not the Super Bowl defending champs, you know a what young I mean. Like, team, be ready. But, but did you hear what he said though? He joke. He made that joke, but then he also said we wanted to. We wanted, but to. we had injuries. They so do he, he recognize right. the fact that let's use August as a real preseason and not September. Yeah. Uh, your reaction to. Uh, Coach Eberflus, 312-332-3776. A lot of, like, reporting without actually saying he's back. Um, again, Ian Rappaport over the weekend said, we could even play it for you next, that like he'd be surprised if he's not back. Brad Biggs about a week ago said that him reading the tea leaves, and I think that's code for a lot, that uh, his guess is that Eberflus is back. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Three one two three three two three seven seven six, and then there's the Fields equation, and and you heard him say that it was probably his best game. Uh, his I, I thought it was his most his the, the 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 as far as like his most well rounded game as a bear. He threw, he ran. He he just did everything like it was it was what we've all wanted in a game. Will he continue that in his next game? And um, we will continue and see what the Bears now will do, knowing that they have the number one pick three three two three seven seven six plus the good, the bad, the dirt. Waddle and Sylvie from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home. We're there with you, making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. The good. It's gone! Oh my God! The bad. That is so bad, that is absolutely brutal. And the dirty. I thought my mask. Uh, wow, so many stories are running through my head right now. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. That's right, it's the good, the bad, the dirty. We go around the room. Jesse, uh, I thought you listened to the show. Jesse's like, how do we do this? I forgot about the dirty, like exactly what qualifies as dirty. It's kind of an open-ended thing. That's, that's the fun of it. I like, got a you good can one. Make, you can make a dirty anything, really. I got, like, right. It could be dirty good, like filthy. Right, right. It could be something like, like a dirty hit. It could be like dirty as in X-rated. Yeah, I have, it, I have a good dirty. It could be dirty bad. Yeah. It could be anything, really. Uh, so we'll go around the room in that context. Jesse's in for Waddle. And then uh, Meller and Tyler are both here. So one thing good, one thing bad, one thing uh, dirty. I always let Waddle go first. So go ahead. What's your good? I mean, this one's obvious, but I'm going to be very specific because it, it, it really is a big picture thing. DJ Moore, 9 for 159. And what did Eberflus just say to us? The catches he made were pretty darn good. It makes fields even better. Get the ball to him. They haven't even done that enough right, this right, year. Right. Get it, focus on him more and more. Make him the primary guy, and he will make your quarterback better. And if you add Harrison, that'll help as well. Nine for 159. This guy's a stud. I think uh, it, to even to start the season, do you remember? I think against Green Bay, like they barely targeted him yes. in, in that game. I even think like there was one play where he was out. Wasn't that one of the games where Eberflus said uh, they didn't? He didn't know why he wasn't in in the red zone. And, and I think Abdallah kept mentioning like his over under in yards was like forty five for like the first six weeks. I, and that was I kept playing. Yeah. That was one and of those like, where I kept playing. And I now give, it's like a hundred. I think I, I give the Bears credit for like that was a game where I thought for sure Justin's over would hit. 
in rushing because of the day that it was. He ran a lot against the Falcons last year. But they came out from the start and they go, we're going deep. We're throwing the ball deep. And Justin had always said, I'm great at throwing the deep ball. And and there was one game even where Justin had success throwing the deep ball in the very next game. They never dialed one up. Right. Like another like bad coaching move. And this was like this is what he does well. Play to his strength. Yeah. And to your point, like DJ Moore, you got to just keep calling his keep feeding number. him, especially Komet was out. He was your guy and they fed him. It was great. Um someone I, I, I don't know if you guys have the right person that I could give proper credit to. If anyone's out there that can let me know. I got this from Twitter. Someone who covers the Bears is a blogger. It was a really good stat, so I want to give proper credit to them. Um, but they, they tweeted out the stat, and I thought it's it's really good. Montez Sweat has not only contributed with the sack numbers and has made that trade one of the better trades for Ryan Poles, but have you noticed this, that Montez Sweat's record this year mm-hmm. Is is great. Montez Sweat, his record playing on the Commanders and the Bears is eight and eight. The two teams without Montez Sweat, the Commanders without him, and the Bears without him combined are three and thirteen. Think about that. That's pretty telling. So before the Bears without him, combined with the Commanders without him, yeah. are three and thirteen, and the teams combined with, with him, him this year are eight and eight, and the sweat factor. I gotta be honest. When they traded some MVP votes, when they when they traded for him, I didn't know he was this big of a difference maker. Neither did I. I did not know, and I don't think he had been like he'd been a a good player, a really good player. Because you always heard about the other guy in Washington that they traded as well. Four really good defensive linemen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He's been a difference maker, no doubt. That stat helps back it up. Yep. The Tez effect, the multiplier. He, by the way, still leads the Washington Commanders with six and a half sacks. Jonathan Allen has five and a half. So as long as he doesn't pass him, Montez Sweat has a a good chance of becoming the first ever player to lead two teams in sacks in the same season. Will will he get, I know this is crazy. I'm not saying he should be the MVP. I say to Jess, will he get an MVP vote, though? Probably not. No. But no. you know to what? They first player ever to lead two teams in sacks. I just don't think I it will. just gave I you the was, records. They did change the NFL MVP voting, so now that it's a tiered system, so he he does have a shot. Like in the past, just a would, vote, like a third, whether yeah, it's like a third a fifth or a fifth place, place or, vote. Yeah. It's in, if it's in play. The Bears though would be getting a vote. It's probably Fields, like or DJ Moore. DJ Moore. I wouldn't. Potential. I don't think Fields but is getting I, a vote. I don't think any of them are getting a vote. Yeah, I don't but. either. All right, boys, what do you guys have? Uh, For my good, Lamar Jackson threw up five touchdown Mm. passes in Baltimore's thrashing of the Miami Dolphins, in which they secured the top overall seed in the AFC. We all knew that Lamar Jackson was good, but he essentially sealed his second MVP, which will make him just the 10th player in NFL history to win multiple MVPs. Not too shabby at the age of 26. And oh, by the way, He's a, he was available as a free agent to any team that yeah, wanted to sign right. him, but nobody did. This right. past off season, the two injury prone. Uh, like there were there were a lot of excuses mm. being made for like the the um, yeah the market not being hot or robust for for him last year. I think he, he sure look, he sure would look good on the Atlanta Falcons had they considered mm-hmm. signing him to a fran- uh, deal. Nevertheless. 
What do you got, Tyler? My good, I will go with Michael Penix Jr. and the performance he put on yesterday. 430 yards, two touchdowns. And I think people who hadn't watched college football kind of got a taste of the deep ball that he throws and the all the air. It reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson. I think him as a player in general kind of reminds me of Russell Wilson as well. He's he's not the most mobile, but he's shifty enough, and he can, he's got a beautiful deep ball as well. And those guys caught everything. I mean, they were... Well, they've got three NFL man. receivers in that receiver room. Amazing. Is it is it just because I'm stuck on the lefty that I see Tua, too? Probably. And, and that they're, they're he's very accurate like Tua, and he throws like that laser? Yeah, no, I think that's not a bad... I've also thought Tua, too, and I know it seems lazy because it's the lefty-lefty Right, right, I just see but, a lefty. And- but I will say this. He was way more mobile yesterday than I've seen him all season long. He was a... He's one of those guys who has been like Tua, where if the pressure starts to cave in on him, he just takes the sack. But he's had such a good offensive line, he hasn't taken a lot of sacks this year. Only 10. So much fun. Just when when you you get you wait all the this time for those semifinal games with all that off time and you've been watching bad bowl games and then to have the two games live up to it, it is just so much fun. Oh, and Monday should be great. That Michigan pass rush against that passing attack is going to be great. Mm-hmm. All right, my bad. My yeah. bad. Yeah. The fourth down call by Alabama in overtime. I mean, essentially, it was like a quarterback dive. Now, I know it wasn't supposed to be, but that's what it ended up looking like. How did they not call a play that allows for multiple possibilities? Roll them out, pass, throw. Something more than just putting all your eggs in a quarterback dive. I didn't understand that. Um, so, my, my bad is that. Alabama team giving it away at the end and certainly on that fourth down in overtime. Terrible. Mm. My uh, my bad is David Tepper throwing the drink on someone like a like a little child not getting his way. It, it, like this guy is so super rich and he has been such a bad owner. I mean, it's been it, it's worked for us. Yeah, right. So right, this right. could easily be our good too. Like, yeah. thank goodness David Tepper is the way he is <laughs> because this is the gift that keeps on giving the Carolina Panthers being as bad as they are. And I was a little nervous about the game too because of the way the Jaguars have played and with Lawrence being out, I was worried and I was watching that game on on at least the uh, scoreboard all all day. But they beat him convincingly. If you haven't seen the video. David Tepper's in his uh, suite. He's like up on the second row. Right, kind he's of in thing. the second row. And he yeah. was, I think he was being taunted by some Jaguar fans. Maybe even a kid. Was it a kid? I don't know. I thought I saw I a kid like in a, there. Like a 20-year-old, 20-something. Oh, okay. right, and he like. threw the drink out the window onto some fans. Yeah. The league, I don't believe, has fined him yet. Uh, he has not apologized, I don't believe, Either how how you can't like I mentioned earlier in the show, Bud Adams. All he did, this old dude, just gave the double bird, which I find funny. Uh, he gave him a couple of fingers, and and this was over a decade ago, and he got fined two hundred fifty k for doing that. This guy physically threw a drink on fans, and he has not yet been. Well, fined. they are so slow with owners. Think about the Dan Snyder scandal after scandal after scandal. They are really slow when it comes to punishing owners. But yet they they find an owner for flipping off people. Like some innocuous gesture like that. But like yeah, you said, well, it was a decade ago, right? Yeah, well, uh, I think it was maybe yeah. even on 09. Like, Bud Adams has been dead for a while. Right. So I feel like 
they're a little bit more powerful now even. We even called it the double bud Adams. We even call it when oh, you really? give someone both fingers, we call it the double bud Adams. I did not know that. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that that's my bad. I mean, come on, NFL, uh, David Tepper acting like a baby. Shame on you. Speaking of the NFL and bad things, of course, the fact that we know the name of Brad Allen and his crew is absurd, beyond bad, that they cost the Detroit Lions a chance at what will likely be a home playoff game when they, if they do meet up with the Cowboys again in the second round of the NFL playoffs. But I'll also give Dan Campbell a bad as well, because you know what? You were on tilt. When they, when they made the dumb call, because the refs did botch it, you should have recognized in the moment that going, going for two from the seven-yard line is a far different situation than going for it from the two. And I think the he erred in that moment and probably should have just taken the extra point and tried to win it in OT. So I think Dan Campbell got a little bit ahead of, ahead of himself in that situation. I mean, I, I don't know why this isn't getting more play, probably because of the officials. You are so right, Jeff. How the hell was or what the hell was he thinking? You you don't go you don't go for it from the seven he yard was line. Just so mad it was he, insane. And he did explain in the post game that he told his team they were going to go for no two and the win. But again, the, the uh, so circumstances. So what if they had another off, another uh, off a, false stop from the twelve? They would have done it. It's I mean, a good question, Jesse. But he was so committed and pissed off at that moment. He's like, screw it. Because yeah. even after the offsides, it only went up a couple yards, right? Because half the distance weren't they offsides after that? Yeah, because then it goes to the three and a half yard still, line. Still not good. And you saw the play they ran. The play they ran is perfect from the two yard exactly. line. Yes, the play they ran was a yard short. Yeah, you need to have your keep your emotions in check at that point. And just Terrible. kick the extra point. That's a good one. What do you got, Tyler? What's my, your bad? My bad is the Philadelphia Eagles. They've now lost four of five, and you let up twenty nine points in the second Oof. half to the Arizona Cardinals. Choke that away, and effectively, you no longer control your destiny to win the NFC East. Now that I can't believe the turn that this team has taken, and I know a lot of Philly fans kind of saw some of this coming because they saw early on the turnover. Differentials like they were losing the turnover battle in a lot of these games, but still coming out on top just because they had the personnel to do so. But now you're seeing it bite them in the ass down the stretch here, and you lose to your former DC Jonathan Gannon, who a lot of Eagles fans, like you mentioned earlier, Sylvie, were not happy with in that Super Bowl run last year, and you let him go and and beat you in your house. That's embarrassing. I'm not I, like I was shocked by that game. I, I thought that Very would be a, 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 a get good game, get right game, yeah, yep. get right game. I yes. agree with you 100. Yeah. percent Thought the same thing because they've had a brutal schedule. What's your dirty? My dirty is the piece of poop that Brian Ferenc leaves Iowa City with. My daughter goes to Iowa. We watch every football game, whether we're together or she's at Iowa City, and. All we watch is bad offense after bad offense after bad offense. They lose to Tennessee 35 to nothing. I don't know how they won 10 games, Sylvie. One of the worst offenses in the history of college it, it really football. Is, yeah. They won 10 games. We're in a January 1st bowl game, and they get shut out. Yeah. Appropriate because he's gone. Right. He's gone. Nepotism is a bad thing sometimes. It, it, it really is, yeah. Sometimes a bad By thing. By the way, did you That's see, my dirty. I didn't know this either until I, I Googled it. You know, Michigan's special teams was not good yesterday. You know, right. it almost cost Fumbled them the game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the the missed extra point. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. The, a lot of bad stuff in the in that. Do you know who the uh, special teams coordinator is for the uh, 
for the Michigan uh, Wolverines? I don't, but you're going to... It's Jay Harbaugh. Oh, is it? It's Jim's son. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys know that? Interesting. Not until yesterday. But I didn't know what his title was. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kirk... His title is Nepo Baby. (laughs) Kirk was forced to fire Brian. There was a weird clause. There was a clause. But he was forced to do it. And we'll see. I mean, it can't be worse. It can't be worse. You you guys send this to me. This is my dirty... The the Bills Mafia cracks the hell up. They crack me up, but like them jumping on the table, then the guy got on fire. Did the Bills Mafia member get caught on fire over the weekend during the tailgate? This always something weekend against that. the Patriots. It's always something. Did you guys see the video of this? Just another Sunday in Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's it's. Uh, I don't like it's Bills Mafia is awesome. They do some crazy stuff. <laughs> I just don't understand the jumping on the lit tables and. <laughs> Now, it's, it's not much to do up there in the winter. It's not much to do up there in the winter. I saw the video over the weekend. I'm yeah. with Tyler. At this point, anything from Bill's Mavia, it barely even registers Does at this it, point. That, this registered with me. Okay. <laughs> like when you're watching a man on fire, still registers with me. It's dirty. The great thing about Bill's Mafia is, like, they do that, but then they also do some of the most charitable things you could ever imagine yes. as well. They're awesome. Bill's Mafia is awesome. Uh, but it's, it's still some of the stuff they do is crazy dirty. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you guys have? Wrap us up. I still continue to watch the Chiefs, and even though they beat the Bengals uh, on Sunday, they, they they barely held on against the Bengals team that's being quarterbacked by Jake Browning. Jamar Chase is talking trash, even though the Bengals are losing. So everything about that Bengals and Chiefs game felt dirty, and the Chiefs offense continues to be a team that I will tell you I am going to be betting against in the playoffs, I think. Yeah, this is just not their year. I mean, you know, nobody repeats, right? Rarely, if you're not Tom Brady, this is just not going to be their year. Will Will Matt Nagy get fired as OC, or at least like demoted? At, like, will he just be the assistant head coach if they don't? Because remember, the last time he OC'd their offense, they got eliminated in the yeah, first. Yeah, but here's the, the first thing: here's the Titans beat him. Remember, yeah. they stopped running when, the football. When your wide receivers lead the league in drops, is it the OC's fault or the personnel? I think the problem, too, is how much does Matt Nagy really call the plays? Andy Reid still right, got his fingerprints right. all over sure. it. Right. Uh, wrap us up, Tyler. My dirty is Mason Crosby, who was somehow kicking for the New York Giants over the weekend and effectively blew the Bears' chances of this being a win and potentially get in to the playoff game. He missed an extra point, and then he also missed a field goal at the end of the game. I don't know why Mason Crosby is still kicking field goals in 2024. He he looks way older too. Then. Oh my god! Like, couldn't if you're the Giants? I know he just technically retired. Why wouldn't you call Robbie Gold? Robbie's retired now. Did you follow his paper? Yeah, he did. You could always pull someone out of retirement, right? Well, I we, thought they did call him, didn't he? Not he tried out for them, I thought, and then they didn't select him. But this is Mason Crosby. I think this is just his second game. Like. It doesn't have to be Robbie Gold. There's so many better options. I was just saying we we, we we should do a segment. You know, like the kicker that's in the league that you didn't know. Like Matt Prater is still kicking, and he's he's not bad either. I mean, there was a there was like a ten year period I didn't know Sebastian Janikowski was still kicking. That's Northeast guy. He went for like twenty two years. No, Northeast loves him. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, uh, the good, the bad, the dirty. If you want to weigh in, uh, Will Bond is coming up. Will Bond is all about fields. All of a sudden, after our argument last week, he's texting me. Justin Effing Fields. Uh, tell us how you feel. We're uh, coming up next. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. 
Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. So Joe Banner, you know who Joe Banner is? Uh, Remember Joe Banner? Yes. Remind me, though. Joe Banner was um, a president and CEO with the Eagles and the Browns in the NFL. We follow each other on the the old Twitter. Okay, and? He responded, he retweeted uh, my poll question about is Ryan Poles' trade with the Panthers the best trade in Chicago sports history? This is... A lot of people responding saying we are uh, prisoners of the moment. Yeah, incomplete. Is uh, my eight thousand eight hundred sixty-six votes. I never get. I don't think I gave you the results. No, you didn't. Seventy-seven point six percent of the people saying yes, it is. Oh, really? And because like you can parlay the number one overall pick that they now have from that with DJ Moore, with uh, Darnell Wright, uh, with the second round pick that you have from them in 2025 and you can continue to make hay with that with that first overall okay, pick. Okay, but still, trading for an MVP in Ryan Sandberg, trading for a Cy Young and Jake Arrieta, come on, that's a pretty high Dennis bar. Dennis Rodman, Scotty Pippen, you know, Pippen trade. It's you know, Sammy with old, Sosa across town. Right, right. George that's, Bell. That's a pretty high high bar. So um, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. So uh, Joe Banner, who who worked uh, for as a pre- team president for the Eagles and for the um, Cleveland Brown says, if he had just drafted Stroud, he would have assured a top 10 team or better for over a decade. He is 9-7 and seven with a bad team as a rookie. So he said, instead of making that trade, he should have so just drafted the, so we're, Stroud. Some people are saying it's the best trade in Chicago history, and this guy's saying it's not even the, a good trade because he should have... We had the debate earlier. Like, to, to me, where they were, and then when they needed to evaluate Fields... I thought that that was the only move to make what, that you if, traded and, it. And, and ask Joe, what if they had, what if they had uh, drafted Bryce Young? I mean, all these well, things you, are crapshoot. But you have to be right. Like you, you got to get it right. Like Jesse, we got to get it right. No, I know you got to get it right. But you have you have some evidence with Field. You have playing time. You have time well, with him. I, I always games. endorse that you decision. Don't have, you don't you, you don't have anything with the other two. I never ripped them for making that move. Like okay. I, I don't look back in hindsight and say. They should have drafted Stroud. That was the right move to make. They're one win away from going eight and nine, which is about the the the, the max anybody thought they could do. All right, let's uh, let's talk to Michael Wilbon about this, about other stuff. That's my he, guy, he's got thought. Oh, now you two see eye to eye. He texted me, Justin F. and Fields. We'll uh, talk to Wilbon next.